everyone let's just sit down and get on the same page and I can take constructive criticism and listen and take different perspectives of people and go, oh, okay, yeah, we've, we've just lost our last two matches, but what do we do to adjust? And, you know, we were able to make that adjustment and then you know, we were lucky enough to go on and we, I think we won that event. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Down Under Paintball. This is episode 20, and this week we are sitting down with the other half of the Simpson combo, Carl Simpson. Hope everyone enjoyed the footage that Ben put together last week. Uh, If you haven't checked that out, it's on the Down Under Paintball YouTube page or the Down Under Paintball Facebook page as well. So Carl's done the same thing again for me this week. So we're going to have a video to go along with this episode. So if you want to check that out, It'll be releasing Saturday on YouTube, Sunday on Facebook. We continue the story this week with Carl. We talk about how he got into the sport and moved through into forming Envious and then where they went on past that with Perth Crisis Raw and then back to Perth Crisis again. Again, I just want to say a massive shout out to my supporters, the patrons over on Patreon. If you want to support the show directly, you can do that. Just search out patreon.com slash du paintball. Okay, everybody, we're going to jump straight into this episode of Down Under Paintball. Okay, I need to find paintball again. If that's the kind of commitment you're going to give, then that's the kind of commitment I want. So I'm sticking. You're listening to Down Under Paintball. I mean... Everybody on that team was a veteran. Everybody. This is Will McDonald, and you're listening to Down Under Paintball. It does make it a more interesting sport for the masses. They are doing it better than anyone else, to be honest. Yeah, show show other women that might be interested in playing that, hey, you know, you can go out there and you can be successful in this sport. It's, it's, I've got the best seat in the house with some of the best paintball in Australia. And you're listening to Down Under Paintball. I don't, I don't enter into the politics, I'm not interested. I'm just trying to, you know, grow the sport, get more people playing paintball. I'm sitting down this week with the other half of the Simpson duo. It's Carl Simpson. How's it going? G'day, Scotty. Good to speak to you. Yeah, no, it's good to, good to catch up. Uh, how's, uh, how's life treating you uh, at the moment? Yeah, it's really, uh, it's really good, mate. We've been pretty blessed with everything that's been happening. Um, We've managed to be pretty isolated from from job losses and and everything that a lot of other people in the in the community here have been suffering. So we're yeah we're doing we're doing really well. Yeah, that's good to hear. Um, most importantly, paintball's back on. Have you have you been out on the field yet? I have not yet. Um, <laughs> yeah, they were out playing yesterday. There was a bunch of the guys out um, out playing a. Ten man event, I think it was. Um, so yeah, it's good to see that things are back on deck. Um, yeah, I wasn't wasn't able to make it out. The my wife Gloria, she's had a she's had a couple of surgeries lately, so I'm I've been daddy daycareing uh, here at home for the last little bit. Um, once all that's once all that's straightened out, we'll be able to get back out and get into it. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Oh, well, all the best for Gloria. I hope she's doing all right and. Yeah, she's good. Yeah. She's a trooper. She's yeah. a trooper. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, so, yeah, as everyone would know, last week I spoke to your brother, Ben, and this week we, I thought we'd get the, as he put it, the Dorito perspective of, uh, of things. <laughs> yep. So, so why don't, 
the dependable Sorry? side. Yeah, the that's Doritos, it. Yeah. The, the dependable side. Yeah, that's it. The uh, a bit more slow and thought out, methodical. <laughs> yep, it's different, different, a uh, little bit different style of play down there, but together it um, it all it all puts to puts the teamwork together. Yeah, so why don't we hear your uh, point of view? How did how did it all start for you? How did you get into the sport? Um, yeah, so we started quite quite late. With um, you know, I think I think Ben told you we we went out and had a had a day of paintball when we were probably around eighteen to twenty or somewhere somewhere around there and um, and had a had a blast like everyone does. I think we probably spent a thousand dollars or something crazy on the day and um ended up looking at getting into it but it was just a bit too just a bit too uh financially uh constrained at, at that age with the guns i think we were about five thousand dollars for guns and that sort of stuff so we ended up going away and got into go-karting and and other, some other sports we were pretty heavy on water skiing and snowboarding and, and all those sort of things at the time. So um, it was about 10 years later. We were, I think we were 28, um, and we went and played again. Um, yeah, Ben wasn't so Ben wasn't so keen on, on getting heavily involved, but I was I was pretty hooked. I, I spoke to Ian and uh, or Ian Tressida and looked at the 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 air sort of play and um yeah i just went one week and then two and then three and it wasn't it wasn't long it was only three or four weeks in and there uh there ben was he wasn't wanting to wasn't wanting to fall behind and and maybe able to have a sport or something that um when he came out that he'd that he'd get his butt kicked so that that rivalry has driven us through most of our lives together and um paintball you know, happened to get a paintball were you doing any of those other sports competitively, like um, water skiing or go karting? Um, we we had a couple of competition races at uh, at go karting. We we never really sort of launched into it. It um, again, that's it was just a ridiculously expensive sport to <laughs> to get into. So we 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 both had go karts, but to compete um, regularly, it's a couple hundred dollars for a set of tires, um, fuel. Um, repairs, getting to events. So events are sort of spread all around. You'd be out of Lithgow or up the coast, or there'd always be stuff. So we did a few of those, but um, didn't really take it much further than that. Um, skiing, we've been skiing since we we're probably ten. Uh, water skiing since we we're probably ten years old. So um, just social level, but we, you know, we're, we're pretty got pretty experienced at, at that and. Um, would do that every weekend in the summer and partway through the winter even and same with same with snowboarding there were years where we would we would go and we'd spend one weekend uh, down the Hawkesbury River water skiing and then spend the next weekend we'd go snow skiing and go and <laughs> camp camp down at uh, down at Sawpit Pit in the snow and and then for the weekend and then uh, drive back and the following weekend be on the river again so um, yeah we're always into doing doing that sort of stuff. Yeah, but obviously the it sounds like paintball was the thing that sort of sparked that competitive fire in you guys. Yeah, um, I think so. I don't know what was what was different about it. Maybe it was the um, paintball was a, a pretty fun and in, interesting sport. Um, 
you you have to have obviously physical attributes, but there's also a, a, a massive mental side of it. And I think that um, as you progress up the ranks, it it just more so becomes the mental side of it as opposed to the actual the actual physical um, game. Everyone's everyone's got roughly the same sort of skills. Uh, it's really comes down to how you you work as a team, manage stress, problem solve. Um, I think that's really that's really what what got myself addicted to it. Um, I got I got into a little bit of Brazilian Jiu Jitsu uh, a couple of years ago as well, and that's that's a very similar thing. So maybe it's maybe it's that it's just problem solving, working out problems, creating problem problems for the other team or the other person faster than they can solve them, and um, and then trying to do the same to you, create a problem that you have to solve, and whoever can whoever can solve it the fastest and create problems for the other team the quickest is going to win. <laughs> yeah, no, that's. That's yeah, it is one of those um, you know, like uh, all those like mixed martial arts and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it is. It is. It's it's a thinking man's sport. Like as as much as they don't look like the smartest people on the planet, they are. <laughs> There's a lot, a lot of thought that goes into into that, and mm. yeah, the same as as paintball. But I guess they're mm. um sort of two different ends. Like one's a team sport, and and the others a individual, <laughs> which yeah has its has its ups and downs when uh. As long as the rest yeah. of your teams are on the same wavelength. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that that's the that's the big thing that was um, sort of ben, ben went through with um, how we progressed with um, up through semi pro and then jumping on with SWAT and playing playing pro with SWAT and um, eventually going through and we got three championships in a row with um, yourself and and a, you know, a couple of the other guys and it's that's something that took a lot of a lot of time and effort and sitting down and exactly that getting people aligned together to to think about what do we have to do as a team um what do we have to do as individuals to be able to to improve and develop and have everyone on that on that same page um we sat down back in the SWAT days um you, you were there also and we everyone sat down it's okay what what do we want to achieve how do we want to achieve it and it's about taking criticism and criticism is not a bad thing criticism is actually a a good thing and even conflict conflict can be a very good thing if if it's done correctly and if it's productive um and it's a matter of sitting down next to your peers and to be able to close you know close our mouth and open our ears and and if someone says this is what happened or this is what you know from my perspective you could have done to improve that situation um in losses and in wins so that's one of the big things i find i find with paintball or watching people play is they'll they'll do they'll do things and you'll think, oh gosh, that could have they could have done something um, so much better or so much faster or more efficiently. Um, and they'll still win the point or they'll win that scenario. And it's it's very hard then to break through to someone and say, look, I know you won that, but 
look, this is how you could actually improve that and do better. Um, it's sort of a funny sport like that. Um, you know, anyone can shoot anyone on the day and paintballs do weird things in the air. So, um, yeah, I mean, everyone has a different perspective on on what happens when you're on the field and you see certain things um, or you, you feel certain things. You may not actually be able to see what's happening. You'll just feel guns on you and um, the door may be wide open. Um, but it just feels like it's not or you feel like you can go and there's people waiting there. And it's good to have that outside perspective and be able to then take constructive criticism based upon that to improve yourself and your team. Um, and, and you've got to have everyone sitting on the same page and buy into that whole team objective. You can't have, you can't have people with, with different, um, yeah, with different goals. Um, you don't, you know, if everyone wants to go out and if we want to win a tournament or if we want to win a match, um, is, are we trying to win the match or are we trying to win every point? Like you need to, you need to sit down and actually all be aligned on what's, what's the actual outcome here and, and how do we achieve it? So yeah, we were able to, we did that, we did that initially with SWAT. And then when we formed, um, when we formed MBS, that was, that was the first thing that we, that we did. Everyone, everyone sat down. We had all these um, great players that we, that we got together and um, sat down and made sure, all right, this is, this is why we're doing it. And this is, this is what we want to achieve. And this is how we're going to do it. And, Everyone has to be able to uh, essentially be a, a player, a coach, um, a critic, and a fan um, of everyone on the team. Yeah, that's cool. And and you know, like with MVS, you guys, like we've brought it up a few times on the show, but you know, everyone on that team wanted to be there, and you you guys all consciously sorted that team out. So there would have been like a lot of. Uh, like like when you bring up criticism and stuff, you know, to be able to take criticism from someone, you obviously have to respect them. So there would have been a lot of respect for for each other uh, on that team. So it, it would have been like the perfect. It sounds like it would have been the perfect environment to uh, criticize each other. Like if someone said something, you know, it's constructive. They're not they're not just saying because they <laughs> they, yeah. they don't respect well, you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly that. And it 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 in the end got to the point where things didn't even really have to be said um if if say i i had made a move and hadn't checked something off and and died silly or over battled or i i did something like that i'd walk in and someone might start to say oh hey you know watch this or just wait for that we would already you know that those that person would always already be yeah no i i get it yeah i i stuffed up put everyone on that team is is happy and and big enough to be able to put their hand up and say yes i made a mistake and that's that's the first thing that everyone needs to be able to do to be able to get better if you can't recognize there's a problem then you can't fix it and everyone on that team was able to do that and ultimately ultimately we were able to essentially run without having a a captain um ben ben took the role of uh, the official role of captain um he's got a fantastic 
sort of management style and just you know dealing and managing the the sort of you know, more official stuff or right, let's if we've got to speak to the refs or <laughs> yeah sign score sheets but you know, okay there's an incident happen on the field and we need we need representative um his we, we played to, to people's attributes on that. He was extremely um, level-headed in, in, in those situations and can, you know, he explicitly understands the, the rules and, and what they mean and how they can be interpreted. And, and he was able to um, always think very quickly on his feet and, and manage and negotiate those situations. Um, so that was sort of the, the captaincy role, but as a, okay, we're going to call this play, we're going to do this and that and that, it was a collaborative or is a collaborative effort between everyone. Um, no one was, no one was shut down or we're not going to do this because you don't have enough experience. Everyone on the team has plenty of experiences. Um, yeah, everyone was able to do that role and, and, everyone's input was was embraced and and given equal weight yeah and you, you guys ran with the same it was six yeah it was it was it was six on the team is that right um um i think yeah so yeah. we had um yeah we had we had the the core four that we have now was um ben johnny jared and myself um well Jared actually came on after the second year. Um, prior to that, we had um, uh, Jake, um, Macca, and um, and Nick Bancroft. Also, um, we had a couple of people jump in here and there to to bolster our roster uh, when we've needed. Um, but sort of from that core that core group, yeah, we've we've kept it kept it basically with that core group. Um, yeah, yeah I've, I've always sort of found that that's been uh, – I've noticed in teams that have just that core um, yeah, group and that they they do play the same spots over and over again, that they sort of – the two guys work together on the snakes, or the two Dorito guys work together, and you might have a conversation between points quickly between sides. And then other than mm-hmm. that, it's just like you know your spots, you know your roles, and you just keep rolling with it. It's, um, whereas teams that are constantly changing rosters or swapping players around or bringing – injecting you know imports or injecting um you know other other yeah just not their normal core seem to struggle because they have to have these big conversations like they're, it's almost like they're learning how to play with each other um yeah there's there's that aspect i, I think the, the ideal number is seven in in my opinion the ideal number is seven um and ideally you have you have the primary five that play um and the, the reasoning the reasoning behind that is that there's so many matches through a through a tournament and you need all of those matches to get field experience um, to get the layout experience so if you've got five guys that are just going point after point after point by the time it comes finals you've you've had so many points playing playing in those spots you just automatically know what's what's happening and what what to do in that in that position. Where if you've got a bigger roster and you're rotating guys in and out, and it might be like, oh, okay, let even 
even from a perspective of you might, you know, some teams might have guys who they're, in, in you know, quotes, um, like weak players or newer players, like, okay, we'll put that player on on a match that is going to be a bit easier for us. That even that I think detracts from from the the core team that's there playing that that event. They need those matches even to to be able to get experience or for morale and motivation. You know, there's if if you're if you're in the starting lineup and you're just playing the the top teams or you're just playing all of the big the big teams, it's yeah, you've got the experience and you've got the ability to do that, but there's also you know, stress management. You need to sort of decompress, and that's where some of those other matches where there's teams that are coming up into the division, um, if, if your top players don't get to play those matches, then they never get that time to sort of have fun and decompress. Um, so it's maybe just a little bit of a different way um, of a different way that we think about it um, compared to some some other some other teams. Yeah, and well, it's good it's good you say that because I, like I've been on teams where that is like the mentality um, of like I'll put the FNG. Um, yeah, like he'll come in and all the you know, you like you say quote unquote like easy games, but mm. um or you know we're up three points so we'll, we'll whack him in. But I've always felt like you, you hit a point you're like okay well. He's won those points. Like, when do we put him in the starting line, and who do we take out? Whereas if, mm. yeah, so you you do get to a point where you just you are better off just having your starting line and and running them more often, and and having uh, people play roles instead. Like maybe a guy's better at just being impactful through the center, and that's like he comes in to do that. Um, yeah. But then I guess it makes it easy for a for a coach if you if that's you know that if that guy's on the field that's what he's going to do. So <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's tricky. And but I guess like that's that's the game of paintball. There's pros and cons of that, and 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 again that comes down to to that that sit down before you know well before the first buzzer's gone and and the first paintballs are fired off at the tournament um, at the start of the season even it's it's sitting down with everyone and saying okay this is this is our objective and this is our goal and this is how we're going to get there. And ultimately, no one cares, no one remembers at the end of the season who played this point or that point. It's They just remember who won the series, who won the season. Um, even the individual tournaments go into go into oblivion. Um, it's, yeah, if you get more game time or less game time, what really counts is who's who's got the jewelry at the end of the year. Oh, that's something I've always said. You know, a few times I've I've sat whole finals. Um, you know, obviously I wasn't wasn't up to par on the day, and people are like, oh, how, how does that make you feel? And it's like, it doesn't bother because you know, if anything, I'm lucky. I got to sit in the pits, watch my team win, and then I got a trophy. So <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah. it's uh, well, you know, you you, you said uh, like MVS sat down. Like, do you, would you would you let us know like some of the things that you guys decided as a team? Like, what what were MVS like? What was your what were like some things that you, the team like had as goals? Um, obviously, to to begin with, we with the roster we had, we were we were realistic. Like, yeah, we've got a good shot when we first formed the team. We've still got a good shot, even though it's a brand new team of. Um, of 
taking the series or placing extremely high. So um, we, without being, without trying to be sort of cocky or overconfident, we we wanted to make sure that we we went in there with that mentality of yeah we can win this you can always win this um, and for everyone everyone just to say okay yeah if I'm if I'm not getting it done then have faith in the other guys on the team there's enough depth in this team that we can we can overcome any situation. Um, and I mean, plenty of times we went, we've gone down um, three points to nil, and come back and won four, four three, um, or we've we've gone down in points two on four, two on five, and been able to come back and still win the point. Um, and that's just everyone, everyone trusting in the guys there, and and. Not, not thinking. Oh gosh, if I do something wrong, well, everyone's going to jump on me. It's like, well, if everyone is open to criticism, they know. They already know. By the time they got back to the pits, ah, oh, yeah, damn it, I, like, I should have done that better, or I should have done this, I should have dove there. Um, so, essentially, that I mean, that's that's really the biggest the biggest takeaway. We don't want to. You know, we didn't want to hear in the pits. Yeah, but. You know, I did. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, Barry, you, why did you do this? You know, or, or not, not, it wouldn't have even be that. It'd be like, hey, Barry, at that point, I want you to go. Like, you should be going at that point. Um, yeah, but yeah, if, we, if we start hearing air yeah, butts, will you, that person's not hearing from the, the outside perspective because it's, it's one of those sports where, where you're on the inside, you're playing, you, you can only see, you can only see what you can see. There's from the outside, um, it's a completely different perspective. And from the other person's, from the other players' perspective, from the opposition's perspective, it's a completely, uh, it's a completely different scenario that's happening. So you have to be, you have to be open to listening to to your teammates and trusting what they say, and and be able to look across and. And believe in them, you know. Like, I don't, I don't have to push this right now because I have faith in in everyone else on on this team. Yeah, and no, I like I like that because um, yeah, there is heaps of times where guys are they they it's like one or the other. They they make a big move because they feel like they have to prove something, or they don't make a big move because they think, oh, if I do this, I'm going to get shot. Whereas, like, you know, in your heart that this is the right move to make, and if if you trust in your teammates and trust in everything, then you just know if this is the right move to make, then I'm going to do it. So <laughs> it's good. Yeah. Uh, it's almost Flash, like stress-free paintball. Like flashy moves, um, you can't push them. If, if the window's open, it's open. And, and then you can take it. But it's very hard to push push big flash, flashy uh, moves. Um, it really comes down to the opposition opening that window for you. If if the window's open, you need to take it. And and that also comes with experience and time. Um, you need to you need to try and force force the door open and and learn, okay, what can I get away with? Can I can I get through that gap or am I gonna get 
clipped. Um, and you only know where the limit is by, by pushing it. But over time with, with enough experience, then, then yeah, you need to just, okay, the door's shut. I need to trust that my team is someone else. They're holding me down. So, okay, if, if I'm being pinned down by two guns or three guns, guess where those guns aren't? Well, I look across and Ben's powering down the snake. Excellent. Go get him. And then he'll make, he'll make those moves. I don't have to, I don't have to get into a 50, 50 gunfire with someone. Someone's you know, all the guns all of a sudden now switch to him. Oh, excellent. Okay. Now it's easy. Um, without having to, without having to risk your life, it's, it's, that's, that's working as a team. And then, trusting in the guys behind you to okay this guy's this guy's stopping me hey jared hey you know, johnny can you put this guy in for me can you just shoot this you know shoot this guy in the center so i can so i can get dominance again or so i can move or um, or if you're the back guy um what's stopping you that you know, that that came that came from um Ian, that came from Ian Tresseter. We were playing a, yeah, okay. a Victorian event. Uh, it was the last the last event at Flash's Field. Um, yeah. Was that when Neil Martin? Was that that event where Neil yes. sort of played? Yeah. Yeah. Neil, Neil Martin. We get we get the the knock on the, the the tap on the shoulder. I think it was on the Sunday morning. Uh, <laughs> one, of, one of your players is. Um, on the roof of your car, <laughs> I think he's, yeah. he's up there with the with the can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was it was that was a really really fun event. That was a really fun event. But um, yeah, that came from that. It's like um, I was standing in somewhere like a, a forty a forty yard can, and Ian's over the top of me with his gun, just powering away. What's stopping you? Huh. Nothing. What am I doing here? I'm I'm sitting here <laughs> trying to have a gunfight with someone. Just get down the field. Just go. Nothing's stopping me. Or as you know, time progressed and um, you, you're you're playing more of the the finals matches. What's stopping you? Oh, the center fifty. The stopping me. Let's yeah, work yeah, together. Okay. Let's let's work together and 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 start and start. Um, progressing down the field i don't have to shoot him out i don't have to kill him but i I just i just need to control him um, that's probably probably one of the biggest things i, I see with uh, newer guys coming along we all we all go and buy a new gun and it's all exciting and and flashy and everyone just wants to shoot their gun but paintball is not a game about shooting people is you know really like you don't you don't win a match you don't get points for shooting people. Well, actually, in, in sevens you sort of do, but <laughs> um, but I mean, you you win the match by hitting the buzzer, pressing the buzzer. Oh yeah, um, uh, and I get to see that a lot yeah. up in the booth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. why why are we why are we sitting there shooting people? And I think, yeah, I mean, even when we go to training, everyone wants to everyone wants to shoot the other people, and we train if we're doing scrims with people train like that. Like, yeah, let's. Let's go and we'll scream and we're going to shoot everyone. It's like, mm, no, I just I just have to get to the buzzer. I'd actually like to see more people. I, I remember doing it when 
when we were learning, when we were beginning, was just go out there without your gun or turn it off. And when you don't have the distraction of trying to shoot someone or, or use your gun, then what else have you got other than your brain? You just, okay, I'll start talking. I'll talk more. Um, I'll start to read the field and, okay, I can, I can really just move around here and no one can see me. I've got so much freedom, really. But when you're focused on shooting your gun, you don't, you don't see or appreciate any of that. Um, that's, that's, that's one thing that I think we, we did when we were, when we were really trying to learn the sport, um, that coaches like, like Ian and Adam and, and yourself, um, really impressed upon us. Yeah, that, that's one of my favorite drills. I like, I was just thinking about that. I, I was out of the training session with some of the SWAT boys, uh, just a little bit before COVID and that's yeah we did that it was I sat in the corner with my gun and it was five on one and I said you guys have to come get me and no one else had a gun <laughs> and yeah. uh from the start yeah. it was then maybe it was taking them four or five minutes to come get me and in the end like it was 30 seconds and they they could come and tag me like that's how quick you can get up the field without without a gun like yeah it's uh and that's all it was it's what's stopping you there's only one gun so as soon as i look away you should be moving and as soon as i yeah it's 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 back to like children's children's games of like you know <laughs> red light green light sort of thing yeah but, um, exactly yeah exactly exactly um and yeah I, I think i think the biggest distraction is everyone gets into the sport and it's fun it's, it's fun to be it's fun to be sitting there shooting a gun and um and you know it's exciting um but there's, yeah, just getting in there and, and learning how to move and learn how to, to control the field just through position, you know, being able to aggressively move and then, um, and then slowing down and playing, playing safe, safe paintball in your bunker because you've already, you've already done the damage. We, we all know, we all, we all hear it like snake 50, snake 50, like, oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I've got to watch that guy. Um, and it just being that thorn in their side, he can keep his head down the whole match and not shoot a paintball. But he's actually won the match for the team because he's just been that thorn in the side. Um, yeah, there was yeah. years years ago when um, when Bad Company came out. Um, that was back in the in the seven man days. Um, we were playing with Bitchin. I think it was it was yeah, it would have been our first year playing still because it was it was with Bitchin and and that was there was this oh there was a route I was able to take and basically get to the Dorito 50 and there was a massive two massive towers sitting on the Dorito 50 right on the uh, right on the sideline and there was one little gap that you had to get through and as soon as you put them in you could go and we were able to, to win that match. And I, I didn't really gunfight anyone. Um, I pretty much just went there and, and stood there. My gun skills were nowhere, were nowhere near where those guys were, but just that thorn in the side allowed the rest of the team to go to work and just pick everyone off. Um, and that's, you know, that, that's the, that's the big thing is about just taking, taking those spots and, Taking those spots aggressively, but then play very, very safe. So, so what do you reckon was the best thing that, that taught you how to do that? 
Um, I think that that drill that that you just said. Um, so going out there without guns or playing lots of playing lots of um, two on fives or one on you know, one on threes or those those sort of things. So um, yeah, just it, it lets you it lets you start to move around and get around the field without um, where okay if I'm if I'm in a team of three against one person well okay I don't have to have the stress of I'm gonna get run down or I'm gonna you know this or that to happen I can just start to physically move around the field without being pressed into my bunker I can sit back I can ghost off the bunkers and sit in big dead zones and just get an appreciation of all right there's actually a lot more a lot more field a lot more places that I can sit or stand um, extremely safely without without um, without risk of being shot and it actually puts a whole lot of pressure on the other team you know that just being able to cut off you know if you take out you take out one side of their field um, you take out the Dorito side and you can you can push up to the Dorito 50 boom you know the the center 50 you know, you've you've cut them into a quarter of the field they can't they can't get back out um, but you have to know you got to be confident and know how to how to move around it. Probably another thing that developed that was um, was building fields. So you know, being being the the early you know the, the early worm that or the early bird that gets to the field and um, it's not set up. So you, you, all right, we're building it. We're going to play the field that that we want today and go out there. And if you start building fields. You're going to learn very, very quickly how fields play. What what's a good field? What's a um, you know, what's a good field to play? What's a fun field to play? What's a fast field? What's a slow field? Um, and that that I think was one of the other big things doing doing early on because yeah when we when we started we would be out there first guys there last guys to leave um, so we'd be setting the field up and we'd be pulling it down. Um, and that's when you say setting field up as well like you mean um, like you guys weren't working off a plan or anything you were just sort of making it up as you go yeah yeah just yeah, cool. literally go and make, make a field up all right let's blow up the bunkers we'll blow you know just start blowing them up let's drag them out and put them down all right I want to I want to set it here today and see okay we're going to make it a bit a bit harder to be able to go and drive through these lanes or we're going to make it so that it's easy to get to the primaries, but then you got to really, you know, work together as a team to to be able to bridge that big gap. Um, and yeah, I mean, if you're actually building that field, well, you're it, it makes you start. You have to think about it, um, and then just the more you do that, I think the better you get at understanding fields. And then when it comes time for the tournament, um, you can just you walk out there, you don't have to go and play a field point after point after point in practice to understand it. You know, that That's always going to help. But if you if you know how to read a field because you built, you've built lots and lots and lots of them, then you're that one step ahead of everyone else that's, that hasn't done that and they're just relying on, okay, let's go and play point, 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 and then come tournament time, the the teams change, we get all imports come and you know, guys from overseas and or from the other side of the country and oh hang on, 
this field plays completely different to how it's played in practice um, because there's different people playing on it. Um, but if you're if you've spent your time just okay, learn how to read the field and not just play it against a certain subset of players. Um, I think that's that's something to to develop. Well, that's um um like uh, I could be yeah, like a, I've seen so many painful tournaments. Sometimes they do roll in uh, and I, I get I get them muddled up. But I'm pretty sure it was round one. Yeah, they had the big wedges and and you guys on Friday and Saturday just sort of had that field locked down. You, you and you and Ben able to get up and just sit in the two wedges and just shut shut whole sides of the field off. Like, did you guys yes, so that, did you that field, get a lot of practice? We, no. So that field, yeah, okay. we, um, I think we had played a couple of, a couple of practice matches on it, but like I said, then you're playing against two, maybe two teams and it might not even be the actual teams you face. Um, yeah, you might play against down locally down here, you might play against SWAT, but it's not going to be the SWAT that turns up on the day. Um, because they're they're going to have other guys come in, they're WA guys and anyone else that they have on the roster. So they are going to play the field differently. Um, and with with that, we we went our first two matches. We were getting smashed. Um, you know, we just we we lost our first two matches, and it was like, okay, hang on, let's let's just sit down and what what do we have to change here? Um, and yeah, the change was okay. We need to push up to the middle and identify that and that. And so very quickly we were able to identify. I mean, it took it took two matches, but we were able to identify. Let's if we can control these two bunkers, then it doesn't matter what happens. We'll pretty much win the match. And I mean, against Marauders, I think we went down two bodies on five, and but we were able to make those bunkers ben was able to get into that 50 uh, that center 50 and i was able to get into the the dorito 50 and even two on five the if you listen to the webcast the commentators are saying yeah well the marauders may as well still just blow the towel on this because they couldn't get out of their primaries they, they're just not able to get out of it and yeah five on three we were still able to win that point um even though the marauders had fantastic break shooting in that um but that wouldn't we wouldn't have been able to do that without having the experience of all right what's going on here we need to we need to adjust we need to do something um i think that's probably the one of the it's always fun when you're winning but it's what you do it's 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 what you do when you under in adversity that really defines really defines your team. Um, you can start to you know, see lots of teams get frustrated and blow up in those situations, but that's going back to that. Okay, everyone, let's just sit down and get on the same page, and I can take constructive criticism and listen and take different perspectives of people and go, ah, oh, okay, yeah, we we just lost our last two matches, but what do we do to adjust? And you know, we were able to make that adjustment and then you know, we were lucky enough to go on and we, I think we won that event. Um, so, um, 
yeah, you just it, it all sort of comes back to that. You got to be able to read the field. You got to be able to do this. But then again, you got to be able to to take take that criticism and um, and different different perspectives and um, you know to make the adjustments so that the team does better. Yeah, well, that's um, you know, it's something that like it brings up a few things because I remember that wedge like that. It is a time when um, you need that discipline because you see a lot of players they make all that work they get set up in those spots and then they go I need to go kill someone so they off they off they take off from the center 50 and they just you know maybe trade maybe throw their body away but if they just sit there then they've won the point um yeah and and being able to identify that and that's that's where I think like coming back to a point you you made on earlier like something that I think a lot of people need to get in their heads is that yeah when you win like you don't need that person patting you on the back saying, yeah, you won. Like sometimes you do need the person to say, Hey man, you got lucky. Like you run that another 10 times and I guarantee you it won't work like that. Yeah. What you just did. And, and that's when I think like, yeah, you, <clears throat> you can't always just be looking at results to, to <laughs> how well yeah. you play. And, um, that, and that's, you know, that, that's what I, that I really love more about the, the X ball sort of format as opposed to the, the seven man format um, is because of that, because of anything can happen. Paintballs can go around corners. Um, anyone can win a match against anyone. Um, but once you start playing point, you know, point up a point, back to back to back, the the better team is is going to rise to the top. The team that um, has worked out the field, or the team that can adjust faster. Um, you know, back to that. Um, creating problems for the other team and being able to solve their problems faster, you know, faster than them. Um, we came along back in the day, I mean, it's 12 years or something we've been playing now. Um, so I think we were quite lucky when we did start playing um, because we did get to experience uh, seven-man, semi-automatic seven-man, um, and then watch it progress to uh five man with coaching um and then progress to five man with no coaching um and i think there's aspects of all of those different play styles that that are you know real attributes that you can add to your whole match your whole game um you know like seven man you have to all right value my life there's only one point here so i can't i can't go and try real crazy stuff um it may pay off, but statistically, is it going to pay off or or not? Um, with five man, when it was coaching, a lot of people I think don't like the coaching or didn't like the coaching. Um, my perspective or my, my thoughts on it are, I, I think it's a, a really good training tool. Um, you know, it, we can't we don't play like that now, but if we did it at at, at practice, I think would be good for a lot of people. Um, Having that someone standing right next to you, uh, and I mean, how long did we play five man with coaching for Scotty? Was it three oh, years or something? Or yeah. yeah, it was a few years. So, and then there was all the X ball, like the AXL was around before, and they had coaching and stuff. So there was yeah, a, lot, yeah. a lot of it. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, and that's where I think we came along at a good time because we got to experience all of that. So you know, to to spend a couple of years having someone someone literally stand on the sideline next to you and be able to say give you that outside perspective of what's happening at the time 
So, all right, I'm, I might be in the snake or I might be all the way down the Doritos and um, I just feel like there's a, you know, there's a big window open there and you, know, you put your head up and bam, you're gone. Um, but have someone there and be like, yeah, look, no, don't, no, no, no. Or you might have, you, your bunker might be getting pounded, but um, you might have been able to just crawl around where if, yeah. if you if you haven't if you haven't had someone there um like like we were able to for three or four years giving you that external perspective then it's like oh look yeah my bunk has been pounded i'm not going to make that i'm not going to make that move when it's it's actually there the whole time so um even even now i think it'd be good for good for people to um maybe go and do some some practice matches but literally have a sideline coach yep you can do this you can't do that obviously both teams doing the doing the same thing um but it you know if we're practicing and we're learning the whole point of it is is to practice and learn and get better so it doesn't really matter the outcome of the match it's all right learn how learn how to read the scenario learn, learn how to read what's happening and the, the best way to do that is to have someone standing there next next to you with a third-party perspective, telling you what's happening, um, and then you know now going back to no coaching, I think that that's that's given the guys from that era with us you know, some sort of you know, some sense of an advantage um, just in that experience. Yeah, well, definitely. Like I remember with the coaching, like that was the first time I sort of experienced <laughs> like boredom in a game. I remember like Tress coaching, just saying, don't do anything. And I'm like, just like, but I want to. Like normally if it was seven, man, I, I'd, this is when I'd be trying to make it happen. I'd try to make a move. But they're like, no, nah, your team's winning. Just chill. And then as soon as the guns stop like hitting your bunker, it's like, all right, now you can play. And then you go and shoot the last guy or whatever. But it was like, yeah. oh, I just want a point. And I literally dove into the snake, crawled around two bunkers, sat there for three minutes, and then we won. It's like, okay. Yeah. That was yeah. uh, like I would never have, I never would have done that in seven man. I would have always been trying to make a move happen, trying yeah. to make. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and that like coming back to the whole to the whole like team aspect of it and having having everyone on the same page. Sometimes we're given those jobs. Sometimes it's like you're given a job that might be boring like that, um, but you need to be able to just your team is trusting you and you've been given a job do your job um uh what, what is it uh Dave, davy williams um from what was that movie with with davy williams in it um heroes for a day oh yeah they yeah yeah do, that's do your yeah, job excessive story nothing more yeah. excessive story yeah yeah do your job nothing more nothing less just do your job um and if and if everyone does that then the team achieves its outcome and if if you're the better team on the day i mean if, if both teams are doing that it's going to come down to the team with the the better gun skills um, or that's able to read the field better um, but at least you've done that as a team and it's not then going into the pits and being like oh you did this and you did that and fuck no we made this choice together that all right, we we're going to send someone here and we knew that that was a risk or we're going to send someone there and try and lock off this side of the field. But, hey, you know what? 
they read it. They read it better for us. They, they read us. Like we 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 didn't lose it. They beat us. Um, uh, like bravo to them. Um, yeah. 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 It's uh, it's and it's true. But yeah, like it always comes down. That's what I really like. You know, with uh, it's it's been good. Um, you know, from Ben's interview now to yours, like we sort of re- reiterated a few points, but it's it's sort of I guess it's shown importance of of what they are. Like, yeah, if you if your teams, and I think this is like a big learning. You know, if anyone's out there and they're in in the lower divisions in the semi pro teams, like this is where it's it's hard then because in the pro division it, it's it's generally people are there because they obviously want to win and and they're there for a reason but in the semi-pro division you know there's still people that just want to have a bit of fun and they're still just like oh, i just want to you know play a couple times a year oh, and that kind of thing 100. so it's yeah, it, 100 and you can get it's it can be when you start winning and when you start going well at an event and that can be like the thing that can make it fall apart is that you go well hang on this guy just well these couple of people just you know they don't really care that much and, and yeah it really comes down to that sitting down and all being on the same page yeah i think it's a massive yeah something that uh i think everyone should take away from this yeah it's yeah it's um i guess it's one of those things like it's it's, it was hard for me to know that that's what we were doing at the time i was pretty young and all that kind of stuff but like now looking back on it that's that's what we were doing all the time and we did we were all on the same what are you a whippersnapper yeah 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 um yeah yeah so so it was something I want to ask you, like while you're um, while you're here, like how, how does how has it felt, you know, all these years, um, being able to share the share the field and share like all these wins and ups and downs with your brother? Has it it must be a pretty pretty special thing to 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 share with, like with a family member? Not everyone gets to do that. Um, yeah, it, yeah, definitely, definitely is, and um, I mean, I can't really. He's, he's my only brother i've got two two older sisters but i think as well being twins is that that bit tight in it um you know that tight in it bond so being able to being able to do this together um and um yeah it's it's definitely been definitely been a fun experience um and you know, hopefully it continues to be a fun experience that we can we can keep playing where we're 40, we'll be 41, 41 this year. So um, there's a lot of younger guys coming up now. And, um, you know, like Gaddy, Gaddy's dad is literally younger than I am. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's, um, there's, there's a lot of guys coming up, but it's, I think we're still got a few years, a few years in us that we can, that we can continue. And yeah, I couldn't ask for someone better to do it with. And I mean, aside to that, we've, we've, got a whole bunch of other blokes now that are like brothers with us. So, um, you know, that we've shared a lot, shared a lot of, um, you know, experience and journeys and fun and travel and, and yeah, all these great experiences with. So it's definitely good having, having my twin brother, but we've, we've also, we've also got these other brothers now too. Yeah, it's cool. And like, I know you, you guys have that core four that sort of, um yeah you've you've gone from teams to teams and you're you're now finding yourself on uh on crisis is that um like you, you guys are all still sticking together that's your is that sort of the plan like will, will we ever see envious back <laughs> i asked ben the uh, same question but uh yeah 
Well, I mean, the only reason MBS is not back um, at this stage, I mean, obviously we we played last year with um, with the Raw guys. Uh, we're playing this year with with the Crisis guys, and you know we love playing with we love playing with all those guys. It's you know last year with with Raw it was an awesome experience. Um, we were able to come away with a win and be able to share share those those experiences and that that sort of victory with with those guys um and i wouldn't want to i wouldn't want to change that or, or take that away um and same with the with the crisis guys i think this year's this year's looking like a wash i don't i don't think we're going to be playing round um round three from from the, the rumor mill so i think um yeah i think you know we're, we're not going to get the opportunity this year for, for anyone to sort of effectively take out a uh, a proper season title but um you know if that opportunity is there then we'll be there with them um we would love to to jump back in as as envious but there's currently not really a way for a team like ours to to come back in um when the door opens up it's there's the the teams from the semi-pro that that are sort of given first first bite at the cherry um so yeah, there's there's not really a mechanism currently in the Super Sevens for a for a pro level team to to come into the pro level, um, even even though we have played and and won several series in it. Um, so we but yeah we we're we're playing with the other teams at the moment. Um, not to say that if if opportunity doesn't doesn't present itself, maybe next year with with all the COVID stuff. Um, Having happened, if there's you know, a lot of people's lives, I think are going to to change, and and we, you know, I hope I hope not the situation, but we might we might find that there's less teams being able to play, and 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 a, a spot will open back up for us. Yeah, well, definitely be cool to see. It's um, yeah, it was uh, it, you know, while while you're here, like um, we're starting to run a little bit low on time, but what was like with the MBS, like? What sort of happened towards the end? What was like the, um, why did the team sort of stop? <laughs> um, yeah, so we we won two series, and then in the third year, that's when Super Sevens went to a three uh, three day event. Um, and from memory, it happened partway through the season, um, which we just weren't able to logistically make that happen at that at that point so um there's a few guys on the team or or that were on the team at that stage so nathan macker he he was up in queensland and he runs a business with his dad um i run um i run my own business um ben's uh jared he he runs a business with his with his dad and um yeah, just through situations like that, we weren't able to, on the short notice, be able to put put a squad together for a three-day event. Um, so that ruled us out from that season. And then the opportunity came up with uh, the NXL to to be able to go for a shot at playing in the States. So that's when we took the took the year. I think that's when we took the year to to um, step across to the NXL series. We'd We'd already achieved a lot through Super Sevens, and we'd um, we'd 
you know, supported Super Sevens for for a very long time, and most of the guys I think ended up at some point through that year still going and playing uh, with other teams and supporting Super Sevens. So, but we we made the the decision as a team. Let's focus on on NXL and trying to trying to take out the NXL series for the year, and that would win us win us the season prize, which was to go and have a full flights and tournament paid in in the states, which we were lucky enough we were able to pull it off, and um, yeah, we went to get, get uh, went played World Cup last year over in uh, over in the states. Yeah, that was so cool. Um, yeah, like it's a it's a dream of many paintballers, and I, yeah, I've uh, it's always been one of mine. So yeah, you guys are living living the paintball dream. So it was yeah, that's cool. And, to that, watch. and that was, I mean, when we go all the way back, I think you might have been at one of those one of those sit downs with uh, with Ian Tresseter way back in our very first year or my very first year of playing. I think you'd already been playing for a couple of years, but I sat down and it's like, okay, what does everyone want to achieve? What does everyone want to get out of this? And yeah, that was that was on the list, um, not just for myself, but like you said, you wanted to do that. There's lots of players. It's, I think it's one of those big things on the on everyone's bucket list if you can, if you can go and play um, play abroad and particularly go and play world a World Cup over in in the states. But that's that's something to do. So when the opportunity came up, yeah, let's let's go and let's go and this give this a good crack. And like I said, yeah, we were. We're blessed enough to be able to to take it out and and live that live that dream and tick tick it off the bucket list. Yeah, it's so cool. And uh, like, how did you find the the playing experience over there? Was it was it a, a higher level? Um, the playing experience, the field like the field experience was uh, was good. We um, we were unprepared for the conditions. I think is probably the, the best way to say it. So um, coming back to what we said before about having the sort of the core players to, to take is we, we all wanted as much field time as possible. So we basically took um, took five guys. Um, Kai Harris, he was going to be across there. Um, he was going to be across there for for his role. Um, and he, he was good enough to jump on the team with us and play the event with us as well. But we essentially had the um, like a core five five players um, with Ethan Clyver jumping on and 30 plus degrees with 90% humidity. We we were just we didn't expect it. I mean we've we've played in we've done lots of, of play in Asia, um, but the yeah the the conditions were um, we were unprepared. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. We tended to we would we would run up you know a uh, couple of points on teams and then just we just ran out of gas and and they would reel us in overtake us and um we were either coming over with draws or or they would they would beat us by beat us by a point so I think if we went again we'd we would take um we would take the the seven guys with the understanding of yep yeah, it does mean less field time but again like what does what do we want as a team it it means that we're um yeah we're going to go further we're going to go further and we're going to we're going to have a greater probability of of coming away with the victory yeah awesome well it'll be good to see um <laughs> if you guys ever go there uh yeah i'm sure there'll be plenty of people putting their hand up to to, <laughs> to jump on 
We'll give you we'll give you the call out, Scotty. Yeah, I'll be keen at. Yeah. So before we wrap things up, you know, is there any uh, sponsors or anyone you wanted to give a shout out to? Um, yeah. So Gladiator Air, um, we're we're currently uh, Gladiator Air guys look after us. So um, both with Envious and with the Crisis team. So thank you very much to Gladiator Air for for their support over the years. Um, Jared is uh, sponsored. He's got his sponsorship with Die. So yeah, also thank you to Die for for their sponsorship. Um, and the Crisis team is uh, sponsored by Lux. They provide the guns. Um, uh, yeah, so thank you very much to Lux and to the the HK Army guys for all of our uh, all our soft gear. Um, yeah, it's, it's really good stuff. It's really good gear. I'd be using it uh, or have been using it regardless of the sponsorship. So um, get get onto that gear. Yeah, no, it's always they they make good stuff. It's like that by the players for the players sort of gear. HK, I, I like it. And uh, yeah, I'm a bit jealous. I, Lux is my I'm like a bit a bit of a softie for Lux. So. <laughs> 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 They're good guys. Yeah, yeah nice. Uh, so uh, yeah, was there someone that you would uh, recommend to be on the show? Um, yeah, so there's there's three guys that I'll suggest. Um, yeah, go for if it. You, if you do if you do get the <laughs> opportunity, was um, yeah, it was um, Jared Gozier from from Envious. Um, he's a really quiet, quiet spoken guy, but um, I think he his insight into the into the game and how it's played and and all would be would be very um, would be very useful for for players. Um, Adam Connolly from the old you know the old school style of play. He, he came across here from the US and Canada, and just I think he changed the way people played. It was before just before we started. Um, we came along at a very good time, and um, so we got to to learn and start playing with. You know, good form and all that stuff that came came through from him. Um, and if you're after a new player, I think Broderick Ward. I'd, I'd like to hear where he's going. I see a lot of similarities between um, him and Ben and myself when we were when we were progressing through. He's a hungry, he's a hungry kid. Yeah, I um, that was that training session I mentioned earlier. That was I got to got to actually yeah spend a bit of time with him and. Yeah, he uh, he impressed me. So <laughs> if the, if that yeah. means much these days, but um, yeah. yeah, no, he's a he's a good good young kid, and uh, just like the um, like you say, the hung, hunger, like the things he's he's changed in his life to 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 fit paintball, and it's crazy. Like he was traveling yeah. hours to come to practice every weekend and stuff. Yeah, it's just crazy. Yep. Um, well, I think he's yeah, I think at the moment he's in that phase of living and breathing paintball. He's there every weekend, and that's the that's the sort of thing that we were like. I think in our first year we missed one one week out of 52. Um, some days, some weeks it would be Saturday and Sunday. And from what I can see from the outside, I haven't really had much to say or talk or do with him. But um, from the outside, it, I see a lot of parallels there. Yeah. Um, well, I even remember it was Ben saying, like it was like the – day after when his, his son uh, Patrick was born he was he was out there playing <laughs> yeah Ben, cha- yeah, ben so. changed ben, ben changed the date of his wedding to, to play a tournament 
and the day yeah. after the day after his firstborn son or his, his yeah. first child was born he was yeah. out there for the, for the team and and on the field yeah so, no, it's, yeah uh, it's good to see that hunger in, in in some of these new kids coming up yeah no i think back i i uh <laughs> yeah the things that you did back then and you're just like Nowadays, I'm like, no, oh, no way. <laughs> it's raining. No, I'll stay in bed. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My, my, uh, I don't have a good knee. I don't, I don't have a left and a right knee anymore. It's my good knee and my bad knee. And, and yeah, I'll, I think I'll, I'll stay, I'll stay at home on some days now. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, yeah, you played the Doritos and, and I played the snake. I've got no shoulders. You've got no knees. Got no so sh- yep. That was, yep, uh, that's it. I think Pete that a, was that Pete you you like from the Iron Men said that like yeah. you, play the, you play the snake yeah. you pop your shoulders so they put you on Doritos you blow a knee yeah, yeah. No, blow a knee yep yep yeah that's where we we just got to rely on um, old old age experience and treachery now when these when these young kids are, are too quick for us we just we just got to know where to put the paintballs because we can't outrun them we just got to know where to put it. <laughs> yeah oh, that's the way to do it well uh well thanks a lot Carl for for joining us and uh it was good like we um yeah we covered some really good topics like you and uh you and Ben have have put a master class on I think uh we, yeah we, we didn't get as specific about like uh times but oh the things that we you guys brought up like I've uh I wish I was out there training now because I'd have plenty of things to be um to be putting to work on Sunday so yeah thanks for um giving us an insight into um into you know what what makes you tick and and how you guys analyze the game it's been it's been great awesome cheers mate thanks for the opportunity scotty no worries at all and uh hopefully we can see you out there crushing people on the field shortly (laughs) with in my in my zimmer frame mate yep yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right thanks a lot buddy all right I'll, i'll talk to you soon that's a wrap on another episode of down under paintball Massive thank you once again to Carl Simpson for taking the time, sitting down and having a chat. So I hope everybody enjoyed that episode as much as I did. Always good to catch up with those boys, as I said last week. I got to spend a lot of time on the field with those guys, perfecting the craft uh, before they moved on and started beating up on me. I know I wanted to give them their own episode because twins here do always get roped into everything together. It is hard to separate them though. They've done so much together. So whenever you talk about them, you generally have to speak about both of them. Yeah, while I've got the air, I just want to say, yeah, Simpson Twins were a huge influence on me and massive on my life. Without meeting the Simpsons, I wouldn't have met my wife, who I met after going to Carl and Gloria's engagement party. They also introduced me to uh, who would be my future boss, and he then taught me everything I need to know in carpentry to push me on to running my own business. I also want to thank them massively because yeah, I was pretty young when I first met them and they sort of, they're a bit older, set me in my ways about how to be a better person in life and uh, sort of screw my head on a bit. So huge thank you to those guys. Without them, I wouldn't be the person I am today. And like Gaddy said in his episode, if you want to go back and check that one out, episode 15, you know, he's saying that these guys have helped them out, helped him out quite a bit as well. They just seem to have a good influence and a good outlook on the sport and on life. So if you ever get a chance to get around them and have a chat, make sure you do that. They don't look like they're going to stop at all. So I'm excited about that to see what the future holds for these guys and the legacy that they're going to leave behind in the sport. So thank you everyone for joining me on this episode of Down Under Paintball and we'll see you next week.